Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening. Welcome to Believe in Monsters podcast. Another week, another t- uh, evening with the gang. Uh, Joe Gaither, Chris Krogman, and Lucas Berry with you uh, for another evening of Chicago Bears talk. And uh, this week, we're super, super excited to have a great, a great uh, guest on uh, from the Believe Network. One we've kind of derived our names from a little bit. We're riding their coattails, uh, with, you know, kind of just hanging out back there. Uh, not officially a part of the uh, the network, but uh, stealing the name Believe in Monsters podcast. You can find us at B I M underscore podcast, and uh, find us all, all at all the uh, podcast sites: Apple Podcast, Spotify, this, that, and the other. But uh, I'm excited to uh, get together, talk with Chris, talk to Lucas about the Bears. Uh, our, our general manager Ryan Poles uh, met with the media today and discussed kind of some of the outlook for the future ahead of the combine. So looking forward to seeing what the Bears are going to uh, be looking for this week in Indianapolis and how that's going to translate to the draft in here a couple of months. But uh, before we uh, welcome on our guest, Chris Krogman, how are you doing, my friend? Joe, I am living the dream. I am very excited to speak with you gentlemen this evening about some Bears draft, some Bears offseason news as we progress into this off season and a fun time of the year to kind of, you know, start to scope the team, see what free agents might be brought in, see what kind of talent the new GM and coach can, can locate and find for us to be a competitive football team quickly. Hopefully Uh, don't want to see guys like, Roquan Smith and Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney kind of go to waste. So, yeah, excited. Let's go. Fucking pumped. Lucas, how are you tonight, man? I'm doing great. Uh, This is an exciting time of year. Obviously, when your football team isn't too great, you know, you look forward to the combine and the draft and free agency. It gives you something to look forward to and gives you a lot of hope going into the summer. I mean, these are probably the biggest (laughs) – you know, if your team's bad, these these can make you the happiest months leading up to the season until you realize you might be in for another long year. But it's going to be a busy one for the Bears. I mean, they have a lot of free agents and uh, a lot of work to do in the draft with the new regime. But uh, let's talk about our guest that we brought on the show today because he's going to help us understand that. Uh, our guest is Joe DeLeon. Is it DeLeon or DeLeone? You had it right the first time. So Joe you, you DeLeon. Not on the first try. All right. At well NFL, done, Luke. <laughs> and he is a host on the NFL Prospects pod, and he is also a producer for the Believe Podcast Network. Um, we've had multiple guests on here before from them. 
Um, so please go give him a follow on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, J-O-E-D-E-L-E-O-N-E. Uh, Joe, feel free to introduce yourself, plug your podcast, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, we're really excited to have you today. Yeah, you, you know, you hit on it. Uh, definitely follow me at Joe DeLeon at NFL Prospects Pod is where you can find the show on Twitter. And then we've got a YouTube channel that compiles all of our content, which is just NFL Prospects Podcast on YouTube. A lot of really good interviews with prospects, uh, a lot of really good conversations with my co-host Ryan Roberts and I. Ryan's, uh, you know, the big brains behind the project with being the big time NFL draft analyst. Sometimes he likes to joke I'm riding on his coattails, but nonetheless, great NFL draft content uh, on that show for anyone who's just looking for some league-wide analysis on this group of prospects. Well, we're really excited about uh, all the prospects. Obviously, the Bears don't have a first-round draft pick, uh, number seven overall to the New York Giants. Thank you, Justin Fields. Uh, so so I'm, uh, I'm kind of more in- interested to see how the Bears are going to uh, get value out of this draft. Uh, we're drafting what at the top of the second round, and you've got a lot of needs. We touched on it last week with our uh, w- with our offensive line expert, um, and, and we talked a lot about offensive line being probably the primary need. But uh, Joe, I'm interested to hear your, your, your perspective just right off the bat for what you've kind of uh, initially gotten into the process of, of studying. You know, Bears if you, if they're not moving up or uh, you know or, or making any moves with their draft picks as Ryan Pace often would like to do. Uh, if they stay right, if they, if they stay put, what do you see are some of the major needs that the Bears are going to try to go after? And, you know, tra- how, how can they, you know, find value uh, as we go on uh, into the draft in a couple of months? Yeah, I think if you take a look at this Bears team, they obviously got their guy quarterback with that trade that you mentioned, which is it's very beneficial, especially with the circumstance of this year's draft class, that there are really no quarterbacks that they've got that figured out. He looks strong in year one and he's got time to develop and grow with a whole new regime that is focused on developing him into being a great starter for Chicago. So that's taken care of. That's the most important position on the field. I think if you look at the rest of this lineup, though, there are significant holes. You mentioned the offensive line. Uh, I would argue you can plug a number of guys in there at guard or tackle. You can regroup that entire unit that I just think needs some young blood added to it. It's it sucks for this Bears team that they don't have a first round pick and they don't have that seventh overall pick because you could get a really good tackle or guard at that spot. But they're going to have to bank on some later round picks to build out that group. I would also mention you know, you're going to need some receivers, uh, the possibility that Allen Robinson might be heading elsewhere. Heck, I would bank on the fact that he's probably not going to be coming back with a new regime in right now. So this is a decent class for getting some depth at receiver. And then defensively, because of how deep this this class is uh, at multiple positions, they don't necessarily need edge. Obviously, you got Cleo Mack, you've got Robert Quinn, but maybe some interior guys. You still Bilal Nichols is a great player. Linebacker is not a major need. Um, any help in the secondary for a class that's got good safeties and good corners. This is a, a, a strong year for needing young depth pieces and developmental guys because of how deep the class is, because of all these players that decided to go back during all the COVID circumstance that happened during the last draft. So I, I think the Bears can go in a number of different directions and just try to build from the ground up with as many young pieces as possible. So, Joe, where, where, what, what position groups do you feel are the deepest in this draft class and, and kind of how do they line up with the Bears, you know, those day two and day three talents that we're going to be kind of trying to eye? 
Yeah, the best group in this year's class is the edge group. There is, uh, you know, there are a number of players that you can argue that outside of first round are going to be really talented rotational pass rushers at the next level. Talk about Logan Hall, Cameron Thomas, Boy Mafe, MyJ Sanders, Nick Benito, Kingsley Anikbare, Trake Jackson, Arnold Ebiketti. You could keep going down that list, and there's so many recognizable names on there. But for the the Bears' sake, they don't really need an edge rusher. Maybe towards the end of the draft, maybe somewhere on day three, you get an extra guy just to plug into the rotation. It's good to have extra um, depth at, at edge. But I think specific to the Bears' needs, this is a strong year for guards, not centers. You're not going to get a good center outside of Tyler Linderbaum. It, it starts to get pretty thin because a number of the players in that position group decided to go back. But there's some really good guards. There's some really good tackles that are going to be in the mix somewhere on day two and day three that they could draft. Um, and then I think receiver as well aligns with with the Bears' needs that there's some pretty strong depth. Receiver's weird this year because last the last two drafts, we had these historic receiver classes. And I think that it kind of spoils our expectations for this year because of that. Even though we had all those really talented elite players go as early as they did, doesn't mean that this group isn't isn't good as well. Yeah, so going right off that, you know, you hit it on the head. Um, so the Bears had a press conference today with new general manager Ryan Poles, and he basically alluded to, uh, you know, getting Justin Fields help at wide receiver. And he said, historical data shows that year two quarterbacks, you know, need the help of wide receiver. Like an obvious statement, like, no, duh, yes, he needs help. But you know, some GMs wouldn't even be that open about it. But um, having that big of a hole in the roster, I mean, do you think there's any day two talent, you know, that kind of jumps off the paper and you're like, yes, that guy could be, you know, a very good, uh, you know, a number one receiver at the next level? Or are these guys who are more depth pieces? I mean, I know a lot of names mocked to the Bears recently. I've seen a lot of George Pickens and a lot of Christian uh, Watkins from North Dakota State. I mean, do either of those two guys or someone else kind of jump off the paper to and be like, yes, that guy could be a, a very good X receiver, a number one receiver in the NFL? Yeah, there, there's a really good clump of day two guys in this year's class. And you've got players like David Bell from Purdue, John Mechie from Alabama. You mentioned George Pickens from Georgia. He's somebody that I think um, makes sense there. Wondell Robinson from Kentucky you could throw into the mix, but I I'm a big fan of Christian Watson. I, I played at the FCS level in college. I cover FCS football as well. So like I tracked and followed Christian Watson this entire season and saw what he did in the national championship game all throughout the playoffs. They didn't throw the ball a ton. So it's kind of weird to evaluate Christian Watson based on his past tape. When Trey Lance was there, you saw a lot more of what he was capable of. He was still the best receiver on that team this year, but they were kind of cycling between Quincy Patterson and Cam Miller quarterback. It was very, very run heavy. They were using a fullback a ton. Hunter Lupke was, was like their, their big hot player that they were going to, to score a lot of touchdowns uh, instead of going to a running back. Of course, North Dakota state does that stuff, but Christian Watson, I think once he got put in that situation where he was in those one-on-ones at the senior bowl and was able to, to show off who he is physically, I think we got a better sense of, who he is as a prospect and heck I, I would argue that would be a home run pick uh if you got christian watson in the second round with that first pick that the, the bears have yeah to is me, that a guy uh, that sorry oh sorry I, I just wanted to uh to me christian watson is just an elite elite size elite athlete yeah and i 
I have no doubt that he's going to run a blazing 40. I mean, he's about 6'5", 210 pounds. I mean, that guy put some meat on the bone. He's probably going to run a 4'4 flat. And just he lit it up at the senior bowl. And those are the types of guys that, you know, you normally get a really good feel for when they're playing elevated competition and they raise their game. Um, so he, he seems like a really good fit for the Bears. Before we go to Chris's question, I was just going to say head-to-head, you know, in almost every board I see, him and Pickens are literally like side-by-side prospect numbers. Which one of those two guys would you take? I'm, I'm leaning towards Christian Watson, and you hit it the nail on the head with the athleticism part of it. George Pickens is a, is a good athlete, but Christian Watson is going to be in the four fours at the combine. His jumps are going to be really, really good. But the thing that surprises me with Watson that I don't get as much with Pickens is that typically when you have a, a receiver that's six foot four plus and as long as he is, they're not as fast, which he checks the box on with the speed, and they're usually not as fluid in transitioning they they can't get in and out of their cuts as quickly it's just longer levers longer limbs it's tough to do when you're a taller receiver but for the sake of christian watson we saw at the combine that he's got really good flexibility for a player of that size and i think that you can tap into that and there's a lot of potential i'm hoping he doesn't get overhyped and overblown during the cycle but i, I think that he has a lot of potential to step in and be a high impact player for for any team maybe not right away but in a in a year or so and let's just face it. Can, can, can I just cut in there? George Pickens is a knucklehead. I mean, he, <laughs> he has a lot of uh, off the field things that have that have followed him throughout his whole career. Right. Yes, he's he he is an athletic specimen. He is, and he's made he has a pretty uh, nice catch radius. He does, but uh, you got an ACL injury as well with, uh, of a checkered past off the field. I I, I don't like spending the, spending the top pick on a guy like that. Yeah, and you're kind of buying into the the name on the jersey. Yes, coming from, and it's there's no concerns with Christian Watson, and there are concerns with George Pickens. So it's it's like which which would you rather have? And I think I think Bears fans in this case should be uh, pushing pushing for Christian Watson if you had to pick between the two. Yeah, just looking at some of the you know online scouting about Watson it seems like he fits the effort level that Eberflus and and Getzey are looking for sounds like a, an excellent pick um might have some you know route uh polishing to do might have to improve his his uh his catching um on 50 50 balls and things like that but he sounds like a great prospect um i love david bell um you know i don't watch a ton of college football but uh when i did see him play he he he's the kind of guy that can take over a game so he's that alpha wide receiver for me so um haven't dove in too much to this year's you know class like i was telling lucas um you know it's it's you know you get after year after year watching you know all these draft prospects and 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 rooting for certain certain guys to get picked by the bears and then it just doesn't happen like i saw so many drafts where they were one pick away from the guy i wanted you know aaron donald is everybody's uh prime example but um like it goes back to like i think the packers jumped up and took a safety right in front of the bears one year and i was like what the what the heck you know um so uh, I, you know, I'd love to get a, a second round talent that can come in and, and be that X receiver is it is unfortunate that we're, you know, not talking about uh, a first round draft pick. So um, exciting that there are some some guys in the second round that can kind of fill that that hole. Uh, what are your thoughts on David Bell? Yeah, I, I think you summed up David Bell 
really nicely. He was, without a doubt, the best player on a pretty weak offense. And Purdue had some, I guess, complications might be a good way to put it. They, they didn't have a consistent quarterback the whole year. And there were some games where both guys rotated in, and David Bell was still very, very productive. I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I remember watching that Notre Dame-Purdue game. I knew who David Bell was. I knew that there was some buzz around him, but I was I was really blown away when I saw what he did against Notre Dame, a team that has typically a pretty good secondary, was led by a really good defensive coordinator. Uh, to see him be that productive and to get the attention that he gets because he's far and away the best receiver on that team, I, I think it shows to what he's capable of becoming. He's not going to be that type of guy that can put up 200 yards in a game if he's getting double covered in the NFL right away. But I think that he could develop him into a really, really strong receiver. And it's kind of, I'm not comparing directly, but like, it's kind of funny to think about you lose Allen Robinson and you plug in David Bell, who I think could play a similar role uh, uh, in, in this Bears offense. Yeah, yeah, the I other the other thing Notre Dame is... fan and saw that exact same thing you were just speaking of is, is <laughs> David Bell pretty much wrecked the Irish. Yeah. And uh it was pretty scary. Uh Lucas is a Purdue fan, so you can shame him for that later. <laughs> He's got the same agent as A Rob too, which is hilarious because A Rob's agent has like two guys on his uh on his uh I don't Are you serious know, as, as his clients? Yeah, I, David well, David I... Bell is <laughs> Calling it He's out. Off the list. Off the list. <laughs> off the list. Can't stand it's, Brandon. Brandon yeah, Parker. Nope. Got, he, he's gotten into it with a lot of Bears fans about A-Rob and the whole <laughs> Yeah, the whole A-Rob Bears Brandon Parker situation has gotten ugly uh between the fans on Twitter. So it is ironic that you know that's who he he would come here and replace and draw comparisons to, and right. there he is. Um uh, my question for you is, so going back to last year's draft, the Bears traded up to uh, to grab, you know, Tevin Jenkins, um, and they basically wanted him to play left tackle, and he got hurt, and he had an abbreviated season where he came back from injury, and it didn't look quite himself. Um, looking at this class and how you, eva- uh, how you evaluated Tevin Jenkins last year, do you think there was a guy – possibly in the second or third round that the bears might look at at left tackle and say, Hey, we want to play this guy at left tackle and we want to move Jenkins back to right tackle where he played in college. If, if that is the case, or did you evaluate Jenkins and say, Hey, this guy could play left tackle and, and do it successfully. I'm just wondering kind of two tiered question there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think you don't really need to, to give up on, on Tevin Jenkins right away, especially because if you're drafting a guy somewhere on day two to be your replacement left tackle, you're probably going to get, someone similar in terms of their, their, their talent level. And Tevin Jenkins has been in the NFL longer than whoever they end up drafting. So that acclimation period, being able to go against NFL guys, I'd rather trust Tevin Jenkins and let him figure it out. And then in the event that he doesn't, you can do some offensive line shuffling, but I think there are options at right tackle that could fit really nicely. Like, I mean, Daniel Falele from Minnesota is, is freaking massive, six foot eight, almost 400 pounds. He is going to be a combine warrior just because of his sheer size and the testing he does at that size is going to be really bonkers. But I mean, like I think Falele might be a really good option to play right tackle for, for the bears. And, you know, someone like Bernard Raymond from central Michigan, Nicholas Petit Friere from Ohio state, Abraham Lucas from Washington state. There's some decent options there 
for this uh, for for the Bears to look into if if they want to figure out that tackle situation. I think because the one thing though on that note that you're asking, where do you want to move Jenkins to? He's young enough as well where any this team is young enough as well where the approach should just be get as many young guys in the building. You have a a brand new head coach, a brand new general manager. They they have time to evaluate and figure out who fits where. And the the more young guys that you have, I think the easier it gets. If you've got these veterans, it's, it makes it a little bit more complicated. But just play around with it. See what combination works best. Yeah, the only reason I kind of asked that was because last week we had our um, there's a there's a gentleman on Bears Twitter named Michael Gus, and he is very invested in the offensive line. Does a lot of tape study, and he just kind of suggested suggested that the Bears should possibly just see where Tevin's more comfortable, which very well might be right tackle because that's mm-hmm. where he got a majority of his snaps. And, uh, you know, they could look for a replacement and free agency at left tackle or the draft. So that's the only reason I kind of asked that. Um, there's definitely going to be a reshuffle. I know Ryan Poles is not happy with the Bears' current structure. It's, you know, James Daniels is a free agent. I know some Bears fans hope they resign him because he's a really good – and there's a new scheme too. You know, they're going to a – a more of a zone scheme. So guys like James Daniels are going to be more better suited for this type of offense. And um, there's a, you know, possibility that Cody Whitehair could be cut. So there's a lot of things the bears could do up front. So that's kind of just why I was wondering, uh, you know, where you think Jenkins fit. Um, Cause the yeah, one name that seems yeah. to be thrown out too is Tyler Smith. He seems like mm-hmm. this year's Tevin Jenkins. Like he has that mean streak, really nasty blocker finishes all his blocks. Um, that's just kind of the first name that came to my mind, but yeah. And I think one other name too, if we're talking interior that could also plug in there and, and it just totally depends on if they keep James Daniels and Cody Whitehair, what that situation is with those guys. Uh, Zion Johnson was a big name discussed at the senior bowl and the attention for him is going to continue to grow. If you're a bears fan, you know, similar with Christian Watson, hoping that he's there. I, I would also be praying that Zion Johnson is not drafted in the first round because he could be, a, you know, a really nice guy to plug in. And I, I might honestly have a little bit more confidence in him than someone like Daniel Flele or some of those tackles that I listed. If he's available there at the top of the, the second round, you got you to gotta take that chance. Do you think he could play center? When I, when I saw him at the Combine – or not to come in at the senior bowl rather. Um, and I saw him snapping. I was not impressed. And I, I thought that his worst reps came at center. There's a lot of people that are saying that he can play center. And it just, I think it's so easy to, for people, for a guy that's moving inside to just be like, Oh, he's going to, he can play center. It, it's not that simple. It, learning how to snap and block is a complicated task. A guy like Cole strange from Chattanooga was playing center for the first time. And he picked it up instantly. And some guys can do that. And some guys like Zion Johnson can't. And he was rolling snaps. He was struggling a little bit. I'd rather he play guard than try to force him to play center. I think naturally he's going to be a better guard. And he might not get as good of a product at center uh, as you would if he was playing at guard. Yeah, Cody Whitehair doesn't know how to snap. <laughs> terrible shotgun snapper. Worse than the worst than worst on the team. Terrible. Um, so hopefully there's a you know a center or interior guy on that second or third day that could, that could come in and uh, at least um, you know be be somewhat of a, a developmental prospect. The Lindstrom kid, the Boston he's, College kid. He's got man. He gonna be. He's gone. from Iowa. 
Uh, no, Lind- oh, no Lindstrom from Boston uh, for, is from Iowa. I know Alec Lindstrom, who is – I forget the, the guy on the Falcons, his brother's first name. Corey, um, right? Corey? I, th- that might be right. I, I forget what it is off the top of my head. I'm – I'm going to look it up after this, but he's, you know, he's related to a guy in the NFL that was drafted very highly. And he's also pretty good. He's somebody else too, that, you know, that could play center, but I just, it's a bit risky this class drafting a center because after Linderbaum, a bunch of guys went back and that just after Linderbaum, it's, it's like a fat drop off to a bunch of guards that maybe could play center. And then, you know, a couple guys like Nick Ford and then Alec Lindstrom and, and players like that. Chris Lindstrom for the Falcons. Chris, actually. okay, that's who it is. So close, Corey, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we're there. there. We're, uh, we're talking think... to jo- <laughs> go. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking. I think Lindstrom or Linderbaum would be a great replacement for Jason Kelsey on the Eagles. Yeah, I keep hearing that one too, but I just I don't know if he's still going to be there. He he might be gone really yeah. quick because again yeah, he's we... the only center. Yeah. Weird things happen in the draft, though. You never know. That's true. We're talking to Jody DeLeon on the Believe in Monsters podcast tonight and a former Rhode Island Ram long snapper. Uh, Joe, I want to know uh, first how you got into the scouting uh, gig and then obviously with the with it being combine week, what's your uh, what's your favorite thing, thing in combine week? Yeah, so getting into scouting uh, and, and you know doing the show specifically when when I was a junior in college, uh, I started doing the Believe in FCS football podcast with the with Believe, and about like a year later, I was I was doing a podcast with Ryan Roberts, and this was for those who don't know who Ryan is at Rising Draft on Twitter, he's almost up to thirty thousand followers. I I met Ryan when he was maybe like two or 3000, maybe even less than that. And, you know, he wanted help doing a podcast. So we were doing it together with Alex, Alex Gillstrap. We don't do the show with him anymore. Um, and I kind of fell into it, doing it with Ryan and, and Ryan meteorically rose to, you know, where he is now. He's verified. He's got all these followers and, you know, he's very reputable NFL draft source for a lot of people. Um, but like, you know, I've always been obsessed with the NFL draft. I was the type of kid where, when I was sitting in class in high school, I'd whip out my laptop and I'd pretend I was taking notes and I'd put up the combine on my computer and kids would huddle, you know, pretend to be sitting behind me and paying attention. And uh, I would get yelled at from time to time, did the same thing in college. I remember waking up at, you know, like it, whatever it was like eight, nine o'clock on a Saturday, still hung over to sit down and, and watch the combine while I was still playing. Um, but I have always been obsessed with the draft and being able to talk about it is something that I've, you know, dreamt of. So it just one thing led to another, uh, led to another. And I, I, you know, I do the podcast now with Ryan and it's been an amazing journey. But the thing that, that I, you know, I just love watching these drills and getting to hear the, you know, the meticulous thought processes that, that go into analyzing these drills and what they mean. And I, I just, I think when you get to watch these guys run and move and stuff, it, it opens your eyes to prospects that you maybe didn't notice on tape. And it's just, it's a really good period of time to acclimate yourself to, to a, a, a new class before they get drafted. What kind of, what's your favorite drill or what do you, what, what do you think kind of translates from the combine? I think, you know, three cone like Joe is, you know, th- holding up his fingers is, is a very uh, translatable, especially for like edge rushers and things like that. What do you, what do you think translates 
I think overall, I think, you know, three cone, you definitely can bring that up because change of direction and agility, you can't hide that stuff. Guys that are bad at it are, you know, that stuff's not going to translate to the next level. And sometimes it can hold these guys back, but it, it depends to position by position for defensive backs, seeing those p- specific position drills where they're asked to open up their hip, hips, they're asked to drop into coverage, uh, you know, cover certain areas of the field. That's really important for these DBs to see what they are as athletes, because if you don't have the hip fluidity, odds are you're going to have a tougher time in certain schemes at the NFL. It helps us determine who can do what. And I, I also, you know, I look at what offensive linemen, those drills, you know, who, who, who's a fluid mover, who can, who can get into their kick set easily, who stands up while they're, you know, while they're trying to get in their kick set or when they're moving, who has really good hips as well. Edge rushers, How's that first step? How explosive are they? How powerful are their hands? Uh, receivers, how well do they look in these drills? How well do they cut? 40-yard dash is really important for those guys as well as the jumps. Some of these other position groups not as important. I think quarterbacks, I will say, is is definitely overblown, as the, and there's an overemphasis on the quarterback performances when they're just throwing in shorts with no coverage in front of them. The whiteboard stuff is way more important when they're sitting in these mm-hmm. meetings with these teams that we don't mm-hmm. get to see. But I mean, the, that's the kind of stuff that I, I typically look for. Yeah, I think uh, hand hand placement for offensive linemen um, is really important as well. Uh, guys that can you know get that punch um, and, and put their their hands in the right spot is is obviously huge. Um, you see a lot of the wide receivers get knocked for drops and things like that, but like they're they're catching passes and in, in shorts and and it's hard. Uh, it's hard to really judge them off of that. I mean, it's the, you know, it's the underwear Olympics as they call it. So it's, it's obviously difficult, but it is a lot of, there is a lot of cool stuff that goes on around, you know, the draft or around the combine, a lot of news that happens, a lot of trade rumors, things like that. Do you, do you go to the combine yourself? Have you been? I haven't been. And it's, it's something that I, you know, I, I intend to, and I plan to, I would hope to at some point, um, typically for the combine, you don't actually get to watch the drills. It's a lot of just going in and sitting into these, into these guys talking for a media availability. Um, but I think that that seems to be, you know, expanding a little bit more. The goal is next year. I want to be at the combine. This is my first year going to the senior bowl. So we're taking, we're taking baby steps in, in my, nice. in my draft coverage here. Well, go to St. Elmo's and, and get, I some, was just about uh, to say that cocktail. That's the- that's the big motivation is I want to go to St. Elmo's. I have all I've heard is good things about St. Elmo's and I want to give it a, give it a try. It's good shit. That is uh that's pretty awesome though, that you got, you made it to the senior bowl this year and, you know, congrats on being able to get a credential to get in there. That's, you know, that's a mm-hmm. definitely a big step for you and in, in your career path. So um, we're, we're happy to hear that for sure. Um, but, you know, I think, um, I was definitely the same way as you when I was in high school. You know, I, I love the combine. I'm just, I'm a pure football junkie at heart, but um, some experiences with the bears have kind of ruined it for me. You know, <laughs> uh, Kevin white is the one that comes to mind. He had, he was one of the most phenomenal athletes I've ever seen put on a performance at the combine and man, it just didn't work out in the NFL. So uh, it's definitely changed my perspective on things. You know, I don't, I don't think the combine is worthless, but I think there's a lot of a, a lot more value in uh, the meetings, the you know the whiteboard stuff, talking to the prospects as much as you know the actual uh, kind of performance they put on. And yes, it's definitely a good stock booster, and you can see some things that you might not see on tape. But at the end of the day, the tape is what really matters. Um, 
So I think that's just more of how my perspective has changed. Um, and I think the uh, senior bowl has been a really, mm. uh, it's getting more popular, but I think that's also, I think that's, I would say arguably more important than the combine. Now, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I don't disagree on that. And it kind of it makes me wonder why we maybe don't have an underclassman bowl to watch these guys go out there and play. And the all-star circuit is it's a business in, in and of itself because you go from the senior bowl all the way down to the college grand iron showcase or the hula bowl and some of these smaller ones. It's opportunities for these guys to, to, to show what they can do with pads and uh, you don't get that at the combine. It's it's just drills. They're in shorts. They're numbers, measurables that are added to the film that you've already got. But when you put these guys in one-on-one situations, there's a lot more that you can take from that than just seeing a guy kick set or a guy, you know, do like he's work through his pulling steps, things like that. So I, I I think that if we maybe had some of that underclassman stuff, I think it would be it would be great. But I do agree that the, the senior bowl can definitely be a nice booster for some of these senior prospects yeah i agree it is kind of i never really thought about that like why isn't there should be uh there's probably more underclassmen that declare for the draft than seniors so um, right it probably has something to do with contracts money agents all that shit um you know the politics of it yeah. yeah politics of it um but so you know, Joe, I'm curious what you think about some of the other needs for the Bears. We've talked about offensive line. We've talked about wide receiver, um, you know, interior. Like, so the Eberflus defense essentially relies on a strong three technique. And, you know, the Bears have kind of seen this in the past with Lovey Smith. It's a very similar style. <clears throat> so three technique corner uh nickel cornerbacks are very very important um middle linebacker is also very important you know we have a i think you know uh roquan kind of moves into that weak side linebacker that we saw lance briggs play that we see darius leonard play in indianapolis um talk to us a little bit about those three positions on defense with you know three technique uh nickel corner and, and middle linebacker where do you you know where do you see this draft class kind of shaking out there and and what 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 could we see from the bears on you know day two and three yeah speaking on the the interior guys this is a, a good class i think once you get into those middle rounds for for grabbing an interior defensive lineman uh, Travis Jones from from UConn was somebody who, who created some buzz at the senior bowl and a lot of people argue he was one of the top two performers of that week big heavy guy monster uh you know str monstrous strength can can move people pretty easily uh he's somebody to keep an eye on Perry and Winfrey Fendarian Mathis uh some names to know if we're talking about corner uh you know we get towards the second round Kyer Elam if he's somebody who ends up falling a little bit Tariq Woolen tall long corner from UTSA are, are, are some players to to keep an eye on. Cam uh, Taylor Britt from Nebraska, uh, Darren Kennard, uh, sorry, Kendrick rather from, from Georgia, somebody to, to pay attention to. But linebacker, the, the one player that I think could be a really nice Mike backer to play next to Roquan Smith and somebody who's going to do really, really well at the combine this week is Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. And he might do well enough where he's going to end up going in the second round or early in the third round. This is a guy who's 260 pounds. He's six foot three. He might be lighter than 260 at the combine, but he was that big at Wisconsin. And there's a video out there for anyone who hasn't seen it of Chanel 
doing bench when he was a freshman or, or underclassman early on when he was at Wisconsin. He's doing 225 and he's repping it out and he does it for 40 or something reps. And this is as an underclassman. So there's a shot that he breaks the bench record this year, putting that out there. But this guy's not just this big, heavy thumper. He can move. He can cover. He's not just a, a big meathead. He's he's probably going to run somewhere maybe four, five, four, six for a player that weight. Maybe his weight's a little bit lower, so he runs faster. His jumps are going to be really good. This is a really phenomenal athlete, and I think people are going to be talking him uh, up a little bit more after the combine. But heck, if if I'm the uh, the, the Bears trying to round out that linebacker group, I, I'm making a, a very hard sell to to get Leo Chanel. I got a question for you about the other Wisconsin linebacker. I'm thinking of Jack Sanborn. Um, he's probably a, more of a later round guy, but he is a, he grew up, you know, 45 minutes outside of Chicago. He is how I envision a true Mike backer in a three, four or a four, three defense. Excuse me. Um, I know his pass coverage isn't great, but he's definitely a run stuffer. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about him in the later rounds? Are you not, not too big of a fan. He's just a name that intrigued me. Um, you know, I, like I said, I think he's solid, and he, I think he's a solid blitzer as well. But he's probably not going to wow anyone with his. I don't think his athleticism's too off the charts. Yeah, he's also another another guy that fits that that Mike Backer mold that you're looking for. But I, you hit the nail on the head there, where he's he's not going to really do a whole lot at the combine athletically. He's not going to be like, wow, look at this guy compared to every, everyone's going to be talking about his teammate because of how good of an athlete he is. But I think what you said is him being a later round guy. If they don't get a linebacker early he's somebody somewhere on day three i think taking a shot on and maybe hoping he turns into um a mid-level starter or just as a nice depth piece to have uh the you know the local aspect of it certainly helps but i i think that that the way you described him is pretty accurate that he's later round depth quality linebacker that you get with sandborn i was just curious guy i truthfully i think the bears are going to spend early picks mostly on offense, offensive line, wide receiver, maybe I would say at more premier positions on defense, like maybe we could say cornerback, um, but I could see linebacker and, you know, some of those maybe mm -hmm. safety being picked later in the draft, but not really a top priority for the team. I mean, I'm just pure speculation, but from what I've heard from Ryan Poles, kind of feel like that's where he's going to go and they're going to try and surround, uh, you know, try and get Justin Fields right and get that offense right first and foremost. Well, I think, you know, Lucas, you, you've talked about this before with offensive line, and we're starting to see more uh, analytics talk to, you know, having a good offensive line being, you know, the kind of the catalyst for an offense and being able to protect your quarterback, being able to run the football, and Ryan Poles having that uh, Boston College offensive lineman background really speaks to, you know, what you're saying with surrounding uh, or, or spending those that early draft capital on offense and offensive line. Um, Joe, what do you like in your opinion or what have you seen as far as trend wise as some of the positions you can feel or field from those later rounds, like either historically or what we're seeing, you know, kind of the NFL move to Lucas kind of dropped a position that I think is, is a pretty typical one that can get filled on, on that back end with safety uh, less, you know, less important quote unquote, um, so what do you well, how do you feel about, you know, kind of some of those day three positions that can kind of fill out the back end of a roster? 
Yeah, I think certainly receiver is always one of them. You can find and grab some guys that are going to be really good special teams contributors. And I'm not talking about just as like a punt returner, but you want good gunners. You want guys that can, uh, you know, play and work in on kickoff and kickoff return. Those types of guys you're going to find at receiver and, and linebacker. Uh, I think definitely a good good depth at running back this year. And it doesn't really help the Bears because they've kind of got their, their running back situation pretty heavily figured out with the three guys that they have, um, you know, that they've accumulated over the past couple of years, you know, receiver linebacker, you hit the nail on the head with safety. What's becoming more and more difficult to get later rounds, later round players for is offensive linemen. It is more often than not very underdeveloped players, guys that just don't have the technique or the physical traits to succeed. And, more often than not, it just feels like a lot of those guys bounce in and out of the league pretty quickly is, is offensive linemen. Yeah, like Lacavius Simmons and whoever right. that other guy was in the seventh round that they took and they're right. completely useless. Arlington we're hoping Larry Bright. Yeah, we're hoping Larry Bourne's the <laughs> exception there. I mean, we don't think that there's another Jason Peters hanging out in the seventh round that we could grab. I mean, he, he was a tight. He was a tight end though. Like that's like the, there was a reason yeah. why he was a late round pick. <laughs> Hey, anything That's can right. happen. You know, Ryan Poles can go out and develop some some really big, strong tight end that's six eight <laughs> and two eighty, and make him three ten by the end of his second year, and he can start. Right? Uh, sure. I don't know of anyone that fits that description this year, but I'm sure it's certainly a possibility. <laughs> He's out there. There's it's what Adam Shaheen should have been, but you know. Right. I think there's more of a possibility of Ryan Poles suiting up for the Bears this year. <laughs> Let's go. That's a great he, he idea. Great option. That's a good idea. Look at the look at you, buddy, coming up with ideas. Joe, you hit on tight ends. Uh, the tight ends kind of been a sensitive subject for Bears fans for mm. the last handful of years. Uh, we spent <laughs> a second round pick on Cole Komet two years back, uh, but you still look around the tight end room and it looks pretty ugh, not so good. Uh, are, are there any tight ends in the class that you are uh, you're enjoying watching as you're breaking down the film? Yeah, I don't. In the past, the Bears have not made great decisions at tight end, and they've drafted drafted some of these later on guys. And this year's class of tight end is probably as thin as it's going to get. There's there's good depth. There's just not like tremendous talent. You're not going to get anyone that's going to have a bigger impact than Cole Komet. Uh, you know, I know that there is some sour feelings towards what Komet has done, but yeah, that was kind of what we what he's turned into, I think, is what a lot of people kind of expected is that he wasn't going to turn into some elite number one tight end. He was in a historically really bad tight end class and he might turn into a contributor and he just hasn't done it yet. And it's kind of more of the same this year. I think there's too many risks for the strengths at other positions. If I'm the bears, I am avoiding tight end. If they can get somebody in for agency, probably better off doing that. Get a veteran. I don't know any of the free agent tight ends off the top of my head, but Dalton Schultz. It'll yeah, probably be really expensive. Right. I don't know if you can afford that, but if you want to spend the money, I, I would rather spend the money on Dalton Schultz than, than drafting somebody because no first-round pick, need to address offensive line, need to address receiver like we've talked about. So you start getting to day three, like there's just I, – I can't even really suggest anyone that would excite me uh, that the, the Bears would even really be worth taking a swing on. Well, as a, as a Notre Dame fan – I mean, you should know that Cole Komet is the truth anyway, and he's just being used wrong, right? Now, well, he's not, I mean, I, he's not Kelsey. 
he's got he's terrible not hands. He's got yeah. terrible hands, but I'm I'm still optimistic that he turns out to be good. But I just I I feel like because he was tight end one in a really bad tight end class, everyone thought that whoever takes him is going to get this immediate high impact starter. And he's just he just wasn't that guy. He was underdeveloped. He was pretty young when he came out. So I mean, for what he's done so far, he's okay. I mean, he's just terrible hands. He's just not the he's not the Y tight end or U right. tight end that people thought he was. You know, he's Kyle Rudolph. I mean, he doesn't yeah. have the the as good of hands as Kyle Rudolph did. But um, you know, I also think he's been used a little odd and Nagy is historically or at least from this podcast point of view doesn't know how to use the talent that he has so uh, hopefully you know the next group of folks can I like Mike Gesicki for what it's worth in the tight end free agent class if he's available oh is um, he yeah he's so on the free agent list. Uzama. I didn't know that but um, I don't know if, you know, what his situation is going to be down there in Miami. Uh, so if he and then Evan Ingram's also on the free agent list. So if he's a, if he's on the list, that means you don't OJ want Howard's, as, a, as a Giants fan. You know, I know we don't him. want him. What I'm what I'm getting to is OJ Howard's probably on the list. David and Joku's probably on the list. I'm only seeing, you know, the top five or whatever. Uh, so CJ Uzama. Uh, Robert Tunyon, dude, we could get Tunyon from the Packers, and Getzy can just, you know, bring that's him a pretty with good. The, the names you just rattled off—that's a pretty good free agent tight end class. So, like, it's not terrible. I, I, again, ju- just look past the tight end group. Hope the Bears don't draft the tight end. Hope that they address it in free agency. That's the that's the better. That's I mean, honestly, yeah. honestly, I was just curious because, like you said, there's no really top end talent, but it did mm-hmm. seem like something they could possibly take a swing on maybe day three and and just yeah. I, I feel like tight end is such a weird position to evaluate. Right. I mean, these guys kind of, they develop, they seem to develop really late. And a lot of these big names just kind of come out of nowhere. And even, I mean, some of the top guys like Hawkinson and Fant, who are first round picks, they kind of fell off a little bit last year. So it's, it's such a weird position. I was just honestly, you know, it's this year is you're looking at what Trey McBride, Isaiah likely, you know, Jeremy Ruckert from right. Ohio state. I know people like him just because he has the, fields connection but i guess outside of those it's pretty bleak yeah i mean there's other options too greg dulcich from ucla jake ferguson from wisconsin uh cole turner nevada charlie kohler iowa state like there's there's options it's just i i don't think that this will be the year where we get some high impact late round guy that that turns into an elite tight end yeah we'll see i mean the bears have jesper horstead on the roster who i know a lot of bear fans are are fond of who've even just his small spurts of playing time has played well and they just don't seem to ever let him let it loose so he's, he's awesome he's interesting he's an ivy leaguer right he's uh long hair and awesome love just he caught that touchdown versus the steelers <laughs> or the vikings i mean the end of the game uh regardless um I mean, do you guys have any outstanding questions for uh, our guest Joe here tonight? I, I have one final one I'm going to wrap up with, but if you guys have anything else, feel free to shoot. Are you going to ask the Hey, who are the Bears going to draft? Who are we going to draft? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was an easy question to answer. <laughs> ask the Justin Personally, for me, I think is I think they're going to. I think the Bears will trade back. To be honest. If I had to guess, yeah, yeah, I see what they, they, no first round pick. It probably makes sense. I, to get I personally, I see what, picked. well, I just see what they got for Tevin Jenkins last year. And they basically right. traded up to right around the same area and they gave up a second, a third and a, a later round pick. And they got back like a sixth or something random. But, you know, if you can get that kind of haul move back in the second, I think 
a team like a team i mean in a weak quarterback class you know there's going to be some quarterbacks that possibly fall to the second and you could possibly trade back with a team like the falcons the buccaneers the steelers some random team who likes any quarterback there um that they might want to trade up for and you can go back and maybe get another third third round pick and still get a wide receiver you like and a lineman you like you think you do that um but yeah i mean just going right off that i mean uh how would you know the bears obviously traded up for justin fields last year and he was qb4 in that draft how does he stack up in this class would he be the number one quarterback by far not not even close not even i had so i was on a texans pod yesterday and i got the same question about davis mills so i i kind of like doing this but for middle round and like you know average guys like david mill davis mills a little bit more fun of a project but justin fields it's not even not even close it would be justin fields and then like a fat gap and then like maybe malik willis can he pick it the the value in this group is being driven up by the fact that there's nobody there's going to be guys that are drafted way higher than they should be uh justin fields coming out i think if there was no trevor lawrence he probably could have been a a first overall pick he's he's that good of a player i'm not just saying because i'm a bears fan but i think him and lawrence are like 1a and 1b i think lance and and wilson in my opinion were drafted more on potential than yeah even then i i still think i don't know i I think fields is up there with lawrence and i still still very confident he's gonna be a very good Mm -hmm. player um i think the the situation last year was not not great (laughs) yeah i i definitely agree with you on that and and you're gonna need to build around him and hopefully you don't put him in a situation where he gets upset like kyler murray or some of these other young guys but uh you know i justin fields though you're you guys hit a home run with being able to get him and not have to deal with this current class because you'd basically be pushing off for a couple of years until like any team that needs a quarterback, you're almost better off waiting until next year. It, it's really funny. You say that because I would say a large majority of the bears fan base pre last year's draft were like, Oh, we don't need to trade anymore and, and trade for a quarterback. Like you can always get one next year. And I'm like, well, if you don't Not have true. any, I was like, if you don't have yeah. foresight the next year, like you have yeah. to look at the free agent class, the quarterback class, like these quarterback classes, the historical ones come in spurts. I mean, obviously we're familiar with the one where, the bears took Mitch over Mahomes and Watson and, and like, yeah, that happened. And then there just hasn't been a quarterback like that class like that since. And here we are again, seems like another one happened last year and it'll probably be another few years until it happens again. So I'm happy the bears did it last Luke, year. We, 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 waiting. we could, we could always talk Tom Brady out of retirement. <laughs> He's going to go to the 49ers, man. I don't understand that. Why would that happen? It's from there. From His family the lives there. Or like, they don't, gonna they don't punt believe on in Trey Lance. Lance right now. Already? Like it's not they even a Jordan Love situation. Ready. Wow. That's that's but, terrible. Um the funny thing is about that, I heard that Brady was contemplating San I'm pretty sure San Francisco is the team that told Brady uh that they yeah. were keep their quarterback they had because he apparently from what I heard on Boston radio, they said he told he had a meeting with Shanahan. And he was basically asking Shanahan what the hell he was doing in that Super Bowl with Matt Ryan. And Shanahan was insulted that Brady was kind of on his ass about it. And that just didn't end well. Um, so that that would be interesting if he did end up there. But I think if he does come back, that's where he'll go. Uh, my favorite failed quarterback class that the Bears have been involved with is when 
there was like six quarterbacks taken in this first round, and it was the Donovan McNabb draft. That's the one I wanted. Oh, God. We ended up with Cade McNown or Cade McCown or whatever his shit name was. That guy sucked. He was a lefty, and there's only like so many good lefty quarterbacks in the world, uh, and he wasn't one of them. So that was my favorite failed NFL <laughs> draft until Mitch, and then it was just, you know. Downhill more from there. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've missed every time, so hopefully Justin is not – is not the miss that we've dealt with in the past. He's already looking better than 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 what Trubisky did. So you're already on a on a positive step in the right direction. Agreed. Don't don't say that to Bears Twitter, man. You're gonna ignite a flame that, that should be. Oh, I'm not a part of Bears Twitter, so come at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 an ugly place. I mean, Mitch is. Uh, I've seen. I've seen. <laughs> it, it looks like it looks like he's paying off CBS at this point to just pump his name out there that he's gonna be this phenomenal free agent signing to me it just screams sam darnold but right some may disagree we'll see what's wrong with sam darnold man he's beans yeah he's terrible (laughs) but uh Uh, we you know we that we saw mitch you know torch the bears in the preseason so now every truther on the planet is like well he won a division bro the defense won the division yeah okay how come he couldn't score more than twenty? It doesn't matter. That that era is gone, Joe. Stop fighting for your boy. <laughs> go be a go be a Redskins fan or a Giants fan or wherever he lands. The Commanders. Uh, I'm good. Oh yeah, I said Redskins. Holy shit! <laughs> it's, it'll I've done take that some twice on this podcast. Good God! Don't worry, yeah, we'll bleep you out. Commanders. But, uh, Thank you. Appreciate you, Joe. My final question for you is. Is there just one – this doesn't have to be Bears related. It's just who is the one prospect, I would say – it could be any prospect you want that you think will go to the NFL and surprise some people. Uh, just like some ran- – yeah. like, you know, just like maybe not like a first-round no, guy look, that's like – yeah, just like look. a random sleeper, like someone you think right. will, will be drafted in the mid-rounds and, and be very good in the league just from what you've seen in, in your opinion. All right. Oh, man, that's – I. I had so many. I'm completely blank. And I one guy that I think is going to do better than I think expected is Cole Strange from Chattanooga. He looked really good at the Senior Bowl, and he's he was a move from tackle to center. I don't know if he's going to turn into like this elite starting center, but I, I think that he's got a ton of potential. And I think that he's one. If we're talking about somebody to go from no name recognition to maybe a starter, like I think he totally fits that fits that bill. That's interesting. That is also someone the Bears could totally take. So I like that. We'll go with it. And uh, maybe for the Bears' sake, Christian Watson will be that guy as well if, if they end up taking wide receiver early. So um, that's all I got for tonight. You guys got anything else for Joe? No, Joe, man. It's been so awesome having you, show. Joe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for real. It's been, uh, it's been good to talk draft and, and hear – um, like I was, you know, I, I don't have specific prospect questions, but I love hearing about the depth of, you know, position groups um, and, and where, you know, you could find some value like uh, like Gator mentioned earlier. So uh, really appreciate you joining us. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Give our guy a follow at Joe DeLeon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Always uh, enjoy talking draft. So appreciate having me on.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.